0: If you were here last week, first of all, if you're a guest, we're so excited that you're here. And if, you, if you've missed this series, this is all about thinking God's way, how the world thinks a certain way. We naturally think a certain way, but God has a different way of thinking, and we want to learn to think God's way, the kingdom way. So that's what this series is about. And I really have been planning this one message, and it's, for the most part, it's written down and ready to roll and on Tuesday, I came in and I was just praying. I, I was not studying, I was not getting ready. I came in early and I was just in the presence, caught up in his presence. I'm trying to be like you, praise the Lord. But I really was. I was just praying and I, I just I felt so compelled to begin writing. I did not write to write a message, I wrote to write what he was putting on my heart. And as I continued to write, I realized. This is more than just some thoughts. This feels like it's flowing. It feels like a message. And by the time I got done, we do a morning meeting almost every morning at 10 o'clock unless something's going on. And that by the time 10 o'clock came around, I was basically done with a message and thought, all right, I feel like this is something. And at the end of the day on Tuesday, I knew I was supposed to give it to you. I knew that it was supposed to be this one today. So I'm excited about this one. Today's message is upside down. Everybody say the word. Thank you for responding. It's going to be a good one if y'all talk back to me because if you preach with me, it's going down. Some of y'all might be asking, what's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love? Well, I'm fixing to tell you since you asked me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. As a matter of fact, love's got everything to do with it. Love is the baseline. It's the principle. It's the bottom line. And if you miss love, you can get all this cool knowledge. You can get all this cool stuff, but you might miss the whole point. Right? right? Matter of fact, when Paul said the fruit of the Spirit, he did not say the fruit of the Spirit is peace and joy and all these other things. He started it with the fruit of the Spirit is love. love. Love's the foundation. And if we miss it, we miss everything. So I'm going to preach a little bit differently today. I want to show you what Paul said to the church of Corinth, as a, as a beginning understanding. This is going to be kind of how we take the plane off today. I want to show you this in 1 Corinthians 13, and it's a game changer if you can get this. So really, I could not preach the message, but it's too good not to preach, so I'm going to preach it anyway. But, but if y'all can get this, it'll change your life. So if you're ready, say ready. ready. I'm ready too. Let's get it. First Corinthians 13, and I just want y'all to know, if you've never looked at the Passion Translation, I strongly encourage you to do so. Because it, it is such a good translation. It's only pro, Psalm Proverbs. I think it has Psalm Solomon and the New Testament. So it doesn't have all the Old Testament in it. But I just love the, how, how it flows and some of the wording. And it's just really good. So that's what we're going to take off in in 1 Corinthians 13. And it says, If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and heavenly tongues of angels and did not express myself with love, with love my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy and know all these amazing things and understand God's hidden secrets, and, and if I po- possessed, I can't get it out because my lips, if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith, and if I was amazing and I was awesome, and I blah, 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 Paul keeps going, right? If I could do all these things and move mountains because of my faith, but I have not learned to love, then I am, he says, I'm nothing. And so the first three verses he gives us this, like, I need you to know how important this is because I'm, I'm about to give you a descriptive, like, like four or five verse thing that, that is mind-blowing. But it, in order to give you this, I need you to know how important it is that you have it. Because, listen, listen, this is, this is huge. We love to elevate in the church. And, it, and if you're not really a church person, that's fine. You, you can understand what I'm about to say just in the world's settings. We love to elevate gifts, right? If someone comes in and they're really good at something, we're like, oh, my gosh, they're the best, right? He is such a good preacher. I mean, he gets up there and he knows that word. It's amazing, right? And we love to do it. And we talk about how good we sing, how good we preach, how good we this, how good we that, and we, we elevate, 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 and he's like, pause, pause, pause. If you do all those things, great, but you miss this, you've missed everything. And now you get to the meat. Here's what it is. Look, we're gonna be honest today. And if you're not honest, that's okay, I still love you, but it, it, no, like this is hard, but it's amazing when you get it, because it changes your life. No longer do you put yourself as important. You realize, eh, I mean, I'm gifted, and God's given me gifts, and you're gifted, and God's given you gifts, but that's not really the point. This is the point. Look at what he says. And if I were to be as generous as give everything away and, and, and all my body, in the first three verses, she's just like, if I do all of this, but it's not in the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. It's consistently kind to all, Paul's. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I mean, it's cool to be kind to people, right, that are kind to us. Let's just be real, but that word right there that says all gets me, and then large and incredibly patient. Why can't it just say it's patient and do it quietly, right? Why does it have to go? It's large and incredibly patient, consistently kind to all, because that's not me naturally. Let's talk about this. If you are married in this room, you don't even have to raise your hand because I'm not trying to embarrass you, but you better say something to me right now. If you are large and incredibly patient, we're not talking about your size. We're talking about the amount of, because I'm large, but I'm not large and incredibly patient all the time. If you're largely incredibly patient and consistently kind to your spouse all the time, you're lying. Are you with me? I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Because Leah and I, we flow. We have good season. We are great. That was Tony the Tiger, if y'all like. Great. We're, we're really good. And then all of a sudden, one thing will go wrong, and I'll get short-tempered. She'll get short-tempered. And y'all know it's a rabbit hole. Once it starts, it's on. And I look, and do y'all know this? This is uh, totally ADD, but y'all got to go with me. Do y'all know? How, how many times in a married relationship or in a, in a very close relationship, how many times do we look up and say, what are we fighting about? Yeah. I don't even remember. Well, the challenge is, this is who I'm supposed to be consistently kind to first, and then there's my daughter. That's next. And my son, he's not in here. He's in the kid's area. That's next. And then, better yet, everybody else. Continue. Love does not brag about, uh, I skipped. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? I mean, because we we probably have learned through the process to say nice things to people. We're so happy for you. We get in the car. I don't know why they got it. They ain't done nothing. The Holy Ghost ain't looking at them like he's looking at me. Come on, y'all think it, say it, and then. Because we feel that way, now watch this, I believe that it flows together, because we feel this way, then we begin to brag about our own achievements, because we want people to see us for what we think we deserve to be seen, and so we begin to tell everybody all the things that we've accomplished. Why do you think social media is such a trap to see how many hearts you get? At the end of the day, if you really stop and think about it with rational mind, it's hilarious. I had 117 people like what I said today, it must have been good, Maybe. Or maybe there was just 117 crazies, right? <laughs> maybe they thought it was funny. And so. But is that really what gets me? So do I, do I need to feel elevated based on what you think about my and therefore brag about my own opinions? I didn't say this in the first one, but I feel like it's relevant. <laughs> and it's funny. Y'all know the people that always tell you who they've been with? We call it name droppers. <laughs> it's It's exhausting. I was with so-and-so. I know so-and-so. I was with so-and-so, and and it's like, hey, man, I'm trying to know you. That's a great sign of I'm trying to elevate myself so you think of me like I want you to think of me. That is not love. Continue. It says, love does not traffic in shame nor disrespect, or excuse me, and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own, what's this word? Nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love does not easily irritate or it's not quick to take offense. Pause. There is not a day that goes by. Y'all look at me. There's not a day that goes by that we don't have dozens of opportunities to be offended. This, this does not say it's never offended or never take offense. It's not quick to take offense. How do I know if this is me or not? If, is, if immediately someone gets elevated and they're angry, if you go back, that's you. Easily irritated, back to your wife and kids. <laughs> right? If you got parents, you, you, you better not say nothing. I mean, it's tough around the people that we're close to, but honestly, it's tough with the people you work with. It's tough with anybody because there's certain things about certain people that are irritating, Right? This does not say that people's personalities suddenly change because the miraculous Holy Ghost makes them change. No. It's that you begin to look at them like God looks at them and you're not as quick to be irritated at what they are. You're not as quick to be offended by what they do. And I'm going to hit on it some more as I continue this message. But this is huge because he's laying this foundation out about what all I can accomplish and I can be so good and I can be so famous, but if you don't do it with love and then he says, no, these things can't be it. And he says, love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in lying and what is wrong. It's a safe place. Someone say safe place. Of shelter, which means if you come to me hurting, I don't spread it to everybody in the whole world. It stops with me. For it never stops believing the best of others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Now, when I read this section, I think to myself, dear goodness in heaven, I'm hopeless. And do you know why we feel that way? Because we grade ourselves on a scale that is an, an, an impossible grade. And the only thing that we think God wants for our lives is to just fix our behavior a little bit so that we'll begin to operate and do things like good little soldiers that we are. We sung songs growing up, sang songs, sung songs, sing songs. We, we used to sing songs when we were young that even talked about, if you grew up in church, about how to be a good little and yet, this whole thing boils down to your heart and how much of your heart he has. And what is the motive or the, or the purpose that you want him to have your heart? What was the, did you understand that the exchange was he took a dead person and made you alive in him? That it was not about how good you operate, but how alive you are in him. And that the more that I try, the more that I look at these lists and go, uh uh-uh, no, that can't happen. But then I begin to realize that day after day after day, I can become more and more like him by simply looking to him and letting him change this. By letting him, listen to me, change my perspective, I begin to think like he thinks. I begin to do what he does. And my life begins to change. And then people come around me that haven't been around me in three or four years and they begin to say, bro, you're a little different. And I don't have to say, I worked as hard as I could. I can say I let him have me every single day and slowly but surely he began to change my life. Because the harder you work sometimes, the more you realize that naturally none of us love like him. And so, here's what I want to do. I want to I show you four mindset shifts. Four mindset shifts. Four mindset, woo, that was almost bad. Four mindset things. <laughs> That need to change. I was about to say, tap your neighbor and say shift, but we might be in real trouble. Come on, somebody. <laughs> to love God's way. Here we go. Number one. Everybody say them. Look, look. Listen. listen. And laugh. laugh. Look. Let's start with look. Everybody in here is looking at me. That I can tell. Some of y'all sleep. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's funny. But, but look does not mean. In this context, use your eyeballs and see someone. I'm talking about perceive inside what God sees. The Bible says this, man looks, looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the, at the heart, at the inside. So what does that mean? It means that when someone's in the middle of a mess, I don't look at them and say, hmm, he sure is. I look at them and say, what does God see when he sees him? What does God see when he sees her? I can Move my life or begin to, to see. She might be struggling in an area that she can't naturally tell me. And so I, I can still see her the way that God sees her. I can still see you no matter where you are, no matter if I've known you two seconds or 30 years. I can look at you and not judge you. Prejudge, that's the word prejudice, that's where it comes from. Prejudge you based on what you look like as you walk in, but who you are in Jesus Christ even if you're not a follower of his yet, he made you in his image. Matter of fact, when I think of this, I think of, I didn't put this on the screen, but I think of um, Luke chapter seven, where Jesus is is in the middle at a table with these Pharisees and this woman comes in and and the Bible says she was a promiscuous woman, which translation means she was probably a prostitute. And she begins to wash Jesus' feet and they start whispering, can you believe, can you believe that she's washing his feet? My question's always been this. This is a little side note. Again, ADD. How did they know about this woman if they hadn't? We'll continue. Just moving on. Just moving on. I'll let y'all fill in the blanks later. Jesus said this words, and I, I think it might have been verse 22, but I, I might be off. Do you see this woman? Can I tell y'all, he was not saying in that context, can your eyeballs notice that there is a lady in this room? What he was saying is, do you see the beauty in spite of what she's done that I see in her? Do you see her like I see her? The question about look is not, can you use your eyes? But when you see people, do you see them like God sees them? How do I know how God sees me? If I can realize what I am, Without God, every day of my life, when I look myself in the mirror and realize all that I've done, all that I've been, all that I've said, all that I've, all that, this week alone, and yet he loves me. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new. Every morning great is his faithfulness. It, it, it never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. And he loved me again today in spite of my short temper, in spite of the stupidity, in spite of the things. And if I would begin to look at you the way that he looks at me, my life would change radically. So it's got to start with a look. Someone say, look. Men, can I hit on this for a second? If we would begin to look at young ladies like daughters of the King. And not pieces of tail. And I said it on purpose. And you can laugh, but if you laugh, you don't get it. They're not pieces of meat. It's not a buffet. But we've treated women that way because we don't see them like daughters of Jesus. Like daughters of our king. We would treat our wives differently too, men, if we would look at them as daughters. And not my old lady. When I hear people say that's my old lady, I want to roundhouse kick people in the teeth that ain't your old lady that's your gift why do we call them that way cuz that's what we see but we're supposed to see what god sees do you see them that has to shift that's a mindset shift that's not behavioral shift you you can try as hard as you want but you'll never see what he sees until he has your heart until you begin to do what he does in him flowing in him and then through you I begin to see my wife as god sees my wife i don't talk down to her if i see her that way next one is listen everybody say listen Before I show you these verses, I'm going to show you a couple verses that Solomon wrote in Proverbs, the wisest man to ever live. But I want you to know what I believe listen means. Everybody say listen. You know, when you sit with people, no matter how important they are or unimportant or whatever, and you can just tell immediately they're hearing what you're saying with their ears, but they're immediately trying to think of what they're going to say in response. Are y'all with me? If you hear me, if you're listening, say yes. You see what I did? You're welcome. Like, there's, it's so frustrating, and yet, this is what I've realized about me. For years, and if I'm not careful, I still find myself in that position. I do it. Why do I do it? Why do some of you do that? Why do we do it with the people closest to us and even with people that we barely know? We do it because we want to show them how much we know. We do that because we want to impress them. We do it because we're tired of them talking because all they do is talk, talk, talk. But do you know what would happen if we ever took a second and said, maybe she or he or they are trying to tell me something that is not surfacey? Listen, but what they're saying is surfacy. So that means I have to, look at me, listen intently at what they're actually saying after seeing them the way God sees them, cut through all the malarkey, all the crud, to get to the root issue, the heart. Yeah. But if I just hear what they're saying and just yeah. pop off some advice, haven't listened, haven't paused, haven't taken some time, then most likely I'm pointing them in a the direction that doesn't even help their life. But I have impressed them because of how much I know. I wonder... In my own life, how many times I've done that to people? You got to listen. Someone say listen. Look what happens when we don't listen. This is what Solomon said. Listen before you, what's that word? My mom used to say, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason. Y'all have heard it. Come on. For to speak before you've heard the facts will bring humiliation. We've been there. We've been there. Still in Proverbs, he said, a cheerful heart. This is, this is now laugh. Did I skip one? Yes. Listen before you speak because it brings humiliation. Next one. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. This is good. But a wise man to advice. Can I tell you what a great leader is? A great leader is not someone that has the answers. A great leader is someone that will ask enough questions to get the answers. A great leader, whether you're in a home or in a business or wherever you are, a great leader listens. Great leaders ask great questions, not have great answers. Eventually they'll get to the answer. But here's what pride does in my life. Pride makes me believe that because I'm the pastor and I'm in charge, that I should know everything. I don't know. Matter of fact, if you ask me about your job, I'm gonna say this. Y'all yeah, know. How do I do this, Pastor? I'm a doctor. <laughs> Well, I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Y'all remember those? (laughs) The answer should be, I don't know. Why? I've not been to medical school, and WebMD gets me in trouble. Say yes, somebody. I know y'all diagnosed yourself last night, but it ain't true. Lord, I think I got this so-and-so because I looked on WebMD. Ask a doctor. You don't know. Listen. Someone say listen. And then the next one is this. I I enjoy doing this, just period. But the the third one is laugh. We've got to learn to laugh. Some of y'all, I watch you, and you are sad. And I think to myself, is nothing ever fun? Right? Like, I think the best part of marriage, the best part of marriage, is that Lee and I really enjoy laughing with each other. We, I laugh at her, she laughs at me. This is not necessarily, sometimes it's at each other's expense, right? And, and I think that's why she liked me in the first place. And I'm thankful for it in Jesus' name. Because <laughs> she's good looking and she stayed with me. Jesus did it. But here's what I think is the problem, y'all. Why do we not love like Jesus? We take ourselves so serious. We're so driven to get it done. we got to be famous. we got to be important. we got to be whatever. And even if that's not you, you look and say, why do they not think I'm awesome? Laugh. It's not that important. Matter of fact, let's just cut through. 90-something percent of the things that you take so important and make so important, it, it should, we should laugh at it. Like, that's not the thing that we should hold as the most important thing. You have to learn to laugh. And here's what, here's what Solomon said. A cheerful heart puts a smile on your face. Translation in the Hebrew could be, it makes you laugh. It brings Laughter. And the Bible, the Bible also gives illustration that laughter is good for the heart. It's good medicine. But it says a broken heart brings leads to, what's this word? Depression. Say it loud. Depression. depression. I'm not arguing that I don't think there's chemical depression that you should get medicine, medicine and get help for. I, I absolutely believe that. Let me say this. I don't remember. This, I'm not making this an absolute statement, but I'm, I'm making this an observation. I don't remember the last obsessed, or excuse me, depressed person that I met or talked to, that I saw laughing, that I saw full of joy, that I saw not take themselves too seriously, but smile and put a smile on their face. I get around people that I see not smiling, I just want to hug them, and right now we can't, because COVID, right? Just smile. Smile at yourself. Don't take yourself too seriously. Laugh. Someone say laugh. 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 Like, that's not real deep, right? But I think it'll help you. Number two, this is going to be good and I'm going to preach. Others before. Opinions. Others over. Say it one more time. Opinions. Opinions. We all got them. Let me show you an example. Clickety. Clackety clue. I don't know which one you are. I don't know if you are libertarian, strong right wing. They ain't going to tell me. They ain't going to tell me. Every time I put this on, I feel like bang. Yeah. Batman. <laughs> I see people in the mall, by the way, the other day. Lee and I were in the mall and they were wearing them like this. I was like, what you doing, man? Your beard is getting covered. You're safe. <laughs> but we all have opinions, right? And we look at it and say, I can't believe. And then some of y'all physically, listen to me, you can't wear them. I got a very good friend who serves on our leadership team who had an enormous amount of health problems in his lungs. If he wears them, it really is dangerous. But you walk into a place, and if that cat don't have it on and, and, it's, and it's not good for him, people look at him like he's, he's literally... Has the sacred calf on the throne and he's not worshiping Jesus. And this is my thought. Listen to me. This is my thought. Who cares? Listen to me. Who cares? My opinion cannot supersede other human beings. And you can look at it across the board. It it could be politics. It could be Black Lives Matter and that whole thing. It could be any of these different things, and we make our opinion so much greater. How do you know that? Because I hear that a lot louder than I hear anything about love. We might try to sprinkle some love, but Paul said that's not how you do it. You're full of grace, seasoned in salt, not full of salt or vinegar, or "Mm, you need to know my opinion and season Oh, by the way, Jesus. Isn't that how we do it? And as long as my opinion is elevated higher than human beings, people think of us this way. Now, let's talk about love. What do you mean on the love side? I mean that when people hear us talk about whatever issue is important to you, your opinion is elevated higher than the human themselves. Let's take abortion, for example. I do not like abortion. Matter of fact, I hate abortion. Why? Because I think it hurts the woman. I think it hurts the... It kills the baby. I I hate abortion. Listen, I don't hate the woman who had the abortion. I'm not getting any amens because it's awkward. I don't hate the young man who might have even pressured his young lady into abortion. Why? Because they are precious in God's sight. And just because they made a bad decision does not mean I should hate them. And so when I stand picketing saying, you kill babies and I hate you. What good is that doing? They need to be rescued by the love of God. I do not disagree with the people that are picketing. I disagree with their ways. I think their opinions have been elevated higher than the human themselves. So I can disagree with you without degrading you. And my opinion That comes out should never be higher than the human being themselves. Should not be higher than others. Look at what Jesus said. So whatever you wish that they would do, whatever you wish that other people, others, someone say others, would do, do also to them for this is the law of the prophets. The golden rule is in the most famous message ever taught. And this got me this week because one of the things that I was thinking others over opinion is when someone has done something or, watch this, when you've done something and then they reacted a certain way, our natural response, this is human nature. This is the upside down thinking that we're backwards in. Our natural response is, well, they did it to me first. I mean, we we, we talk to our kids about it, right? It's natural, but it, it, it tends to not stop. Well, they said it. Matter of fact, the Old Testament even says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. I didn't come to get rid of the law. I came to fulfill it to let you understand what it's supposed to be. See, the law was given because sin came in the world and they were kicked out. We, we would have been, if we'd have been around, kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Perfection left. And law had to come because they were clueless. They, were, they, would, have, they would have made a mess with everything. And so he said, these are the things that you have to do to operate, but the law should be my guardrails. It should not be the thing that I throw to you and say, ah, I got you, Shannon. I'm going to hold this against you. I should put others above the law. I should not, I should not take, I can repay evil for evil. Jesus said, no, no, no don't pay evil, repay evil for good. So in the moment, because that's when you know where you are in your heart, in the moment that you want to respond He says, don't do what they would do. Do what you wish they would do to you. Because this is the law of the prophets. And then look at this. It says that a fool, Proverbs, this is Proverbs again, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing his opinion. Look what Paul said to the Philippian church. Don't be selfish. Someone say selfish. Isn't that really what this boils down to? I'm thinking of me. Don't be selfish and try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others better than myself, higher than even in my own opinion. Don't look don't look only out only for me and my own interests, but take the interests of others too. If y'all are taking notes, this is what I want you to write down. Stop trying to be right and instead try to be like Jesus. Stop trying to be right. And instead try to be like Jesus. Because it is possible to be correct and not be right. Matter of fact, a few years ago, I preached a message on the golden rule. And I said, if you have to be right, and you always have to be right, you might be right, but you'll be right by yourself. And that's where a lot of us find ourselves today is we're full of opinion, but we're lonely. Why? Because everybody thinks of me. If I'm this way, Mark's going to tell, tell it like it is. Isn't that what we say? Who well, I like him because he tells it like it is. I want to tell it like it can be, not tell it like it is. Come on, somebody. I want to tell it like Jesus sees it, not like, like I see it. Just, this is the truth, and I come out with such passion and anger. What if I had passion for the actual person like God sees them? Number three, I love this one. It's almost like value. About five years ago, maybe six, God radically changed my life in the area of honors. a matter of fact, I put... Two words in the Greek, that's Timae, and then the Hebrew, that's kavod. And those words are translated in English, honor. But, But better translated than just the word honor, it's weight, worth, or value. And most of the time as it's translated, it's as I see a human, what value do I put on other people? What value do I see in them? What value do I see in them? Here's what Paul said we're supposed to do. In Romans 12, he said, love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing value, honor, outdo. That does not mean who buys the biggest presents wins. Look at me. You can buy presents and talk behind their back. It is not about presents. Matter of fact, mom and dad, listen to me. Let me look in the camera. If their love language isn't presents but quality time, if you ain't spending time with them but you buying them a bike, they don't appreciate it. If I buy Leah roses but she wants acts of kindness, I've missed the point. Why? Because I don't understand value the way that God understands it. Now listen to me. If you remember in in 1 Corinthians 13, it says it does not try to get myself all the honor. It doesn't elevate myself into receiving all the honor for people. This is a tough cookie. This is a tough pill to swallow. Because once you begin to understand what honor is, it is difficult to not want it for yourself. But ultimately, that's where pride seeps in, and that's when the, the reason Satan was kicked out of heaven was because he said, I can do it like you do it, and he wanted the honor that only belongs to God. When I outdo people in showing honor, it's not to be seen. It's because I see you like God sees you. It is not to gain access into places. I do believe that honor precedes access. But I do not believe I should do it for access. And if I do it for that, I'm manipulating and I miss the whole point altogether. But I should not. Listen, here's where a lot of us get into trouble. I just honor people that have elevated platforms. I'm not talking about pastors. No, I'm talking about anybody that you think is famous. If you watch people's social media pages, you can tell the ones that they think are important because they honor the ones that they want to be seen by. But according to the Bible, I should honor the homeless person just like I honor the famous person. This is a tough one, but I want y'all to get it. I'm not stepping on your toes, I'm stepping on mine. Ours together. If anyone, anyone in my life, anyone in my life is beneath me, because look at me. We make common what we think is not as worthy. The enemy of honor is what we make common. The reason it's so difficult to honor your spouse is because they live with you all the time and you make it common. Watch. But even for people that I don't know, if I think, don't miss this, if I think anyone is beneath me, then I've chosen not to be truly beneath Christ or surrendered. If I think, listen, I'm gonna say it again. If I think anyone is beneath me, oh, you're less than me, Shannon, so you better, then this day, I've chosen not to surrender to Christ. Because what I want for Jesus to do is elevate me high enough where they see me and that means that all I want Jesus to do is his magic trick so they think I'm famous or awesome or great or whatever it is that you want to do, fill in the blank. If I think anybody, 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 anybody is beneath me, then I'm not beneath him. Say, what do you mean? How do you know that? Because if I'm beneath him, I start thinking like him. And... I'm going to cry. This is what I think so crazy about Jesus, y'all. If there's anybody that's ever been a, God, a human being and it was the God man because he sent him fully God and yet became human, he should have been the one that thought of himself higher. And yet he, he not only didn't do that. The Bible says he humbled himself unto death, even death on the cross. I'm not crying because I'm thinking about y'all. I'm crying because of how many times I've messed this one up. How many times I've looked and said, they should be honoring me. What? Like, what is that? I miss Jesus when I think that way. Because the only thing my eyes have to fix on is how great he is and how much he loves me. That he went from heaven, the highest, like not just a place in heaven, but seated on the right hand of his dad. And he came down to earth and went to the lowest place and then was stripped naked and his hair was pulled out, spit on to become my sin so that I could be his son and have life and and that's amazing. Do you know why I got this tatted on my arm? It wasn't because I thought it was cool. It was was because the Bible says that he, he paid with a, it, he bought us. The, this is literally, literally the translation. We were bought with a price in First Corinthians six, and that word is teime. That word is literally that word, honor. The cost of your life was the blood of Jesus, and that is the value that He sees us in. Why should I honor every human being because of the way He honors me? Because of the weight that He sees me with. And the last one is my favorite one. If you've never read the book by Bob Goff, I strongly recommend it. I love that guy. I saw on Twitter that it's his 34th anniversary. I think that's so cool today. But he, he wrote a book, Love Does, and then the next one was Everybody Always, and I think I like this one even better. But the whole premise of it is very self, it, it makes sense. Who do we love? Everybody say it out loud. Say it one more time. Yeah, but what about the, What about the, don't we have those? What about the, I'll show you what Jesus said in Matthew 5. You've heard it said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies. Say what, Jesus? He says, pray for those that persecute you. Do good to them. Jesus turned everything upside down. And then if you heard last week's message, I talked about, remaining in him and I'm the vine and you are the branches and, and that thought continues with this he says you didn't choose me in verse 16 but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and your fruit should abide so whatever you ask the father in my name he's going to give it to you and he says all these things are so you can understand this I've written these things to you these things I've commanded to you so that you'll just love one another that's the point. And then one of my favorite verses in the Bible, John 13, 34 says, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. And it says, by this all people will know you're my disciple if you love one another. Look at me. If you love one another. Not, not if you talk good and you preach good and you do all these things. Not if you have, if you speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love your noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If you, if you prophesy and do all these things but you have not love. And that's, it, it, it wraps a bow with Paul saying, no, 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 if you, if you do all those things well and you try and you try and you try and you try and you try, but you've missed love, you missed it all. So why is it, y'all, that the world is out there screaming, the Christians are just going to yell at us on one side of, the Christians are just going to yell at us if we wear a mask and they make us wear a mask or they're going to yell at us if we vote a certain way, we're going to yell at, and, and it's because we have opinions but we don't care about others. It's because we, we focus so much of our energy on everything but Jesus and everything but love. But y'all, love is everything. And if people don't see it, and I'm not asking you to love for love's sake. I'm asking you to love for his sake because he loved you first and gave himself for you. And that's the whole point. The world is screaming to know what the right way is because they know that upside down is backwards too. And everything we do in operation is backwards and not supposed to be the way that it is. But people are saying, I don't understand because they say, follow Jesus, and then they scream at me. But when we choose God's way, y'all look at this. This is the result. We love, we look, listen, and we laugh. We choose others over opinions. We value people like he does. And it's everybody always. And the outcome is, what's this word? Love. It's love. Here's what I'm asking. Here's the response. Here's the response at home. Do it His way. Understand what He's got for you. What He's got for you is not an easy life. If anybody's told you that, I hate to break, be the bearer of bad news, but it's, it's not going to be easy. But it's going to be good. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a journey. It's going to be full of forgiveness and patience, it's going to be full of grace because it's rooted in his love. I want you to know how valuable God thinks that you are. He gave his one and only son to pay the price with his blood for your sin. And all he asks in return is for you to say, I surrender all to Jesus. I love you back. I love you back. Will you bow your heads? Really quick, I don't want to take a lot of time, but I just want you to respond this way. If you've never given your life to Jesus, that means you don't have a love relationship with him. You've never started a journey with him. Whether you're at home watching right now or you're in this room, I just want to know who's lonely, who's tired of running, and who's ready for Jesus to rescue them and change their life. He's got a home for you in heaven. He's got a place for you forever and ever but he also rescues you here and now so you can have right relationship with him. So the song we sang right before we came out, Nothing Else Matters, can be your testimony. He wants to know you and loves you so much. He just wants you to say, God, I love you back and I give you my life. If that's you in this room, I believe there's people, y'all, with all my heart, I believe there's people in this room and watching online that this is you. I just want you to slip your hand up right now. If you're watching online, I just want you to type the word yes. Just type the word yes in if that's you. Is there anybody in here that would say, Mark, that's me. That's me. Slip your hand up, put it right back down. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Anybody else? I believe there's people watching online and people in this room. So everybody, I want you to stand with me. Everybody stand at the same time. And this is what I want to do. The Bible says this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you are saved. So here's what we're going to do. I believe most of you are saved, but that doesn't matter. To cheer on our friends and family. To cheer on our brothers and sisters that's going to join the family. I want us to say it out loud. At home, say it out loud. Driving down the road, say it out loud. This is what I want us to do. I want y'all to just repeat after me. Because I believe the moment that you raised your hand or you said yes in that box, I believe that you meant it and believe in your heart. Now we're going to confess with our mouth and celebrate together. So let's pray out loud. It doesn't matter if you close your eyes, by the way. If you want to, you can. But we say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me first, for dying on the cross so I didn't have to. Today, I give you my life. I surrender all to you. I am your son. I am your daughter in Jesus name. Amen. Listen, if you said it and you believed it in this room or watching online, I believe you're saved. Can we celebrate in this place? Come on. I believe it. Here's what I want you to do. I don't care if you raised your hand. God does not save your hand. He saves your heart. So online and in here, this is what I want you to do. I want you to text this number. I'm not going to ask you to fill something out. I'm not going to ask you to come down. I'm not going to lay my hands on you. I just want you to text this number, 864-606-3600, keyword alive. Why do I want you to text that? Because we want to help you. We want to begin to walk with you. That's all we want you to do is just text that number. And if you'll text it, I believe God will begin to use us with you, and you'll see your life change. Now, this is for everybody else. Shannon could not have picked a better song. Could not have picked a better song to close this service out. I mean, it is so on point. I want you to make this your declaration. Why? Because my goal is not to have a certain number of people in this room or in another room or whatever. My goal is that everyone can know the love of God. So let's, as a people, as a body of Christ... Let's, as a people, just just make a declaration that how great his love is, how wonderful he is. And let's celebrate how amazing Jesus is. You can do it like Jesus does it, by looking at Jesus and not trying to do all the right things. Do it his way by thinking his way, and we're going to change the world. So let's celebrate and worship Jesus together right now.